coming up on this episode of Inside the Epicenter. We decided to start visiting the women in their homes and just uh, sharing or even in small groups and that what we did. We traveled to the Galilee, we traveled to Jerusalem, we traveled all around and we met in small groups and individuals and we were able to just really hear their hearts out and have time of fellowship and we had wonderful meals together, we had a, a Christmas celebration together and we had just prayer times where they were blessing us and we would leave and feel really refreshed. Well, Cece and Lynn, it's our privilege. You guys did the black and white thing very yes. good here. Yeah, here we are. That's very good. But you all are part of this really interesting program. And I want to hear a little bit more of what this program is really all about, what it's called, and how it came about in the first place. So, Cece, why don't you start with that? So there was this vision in the college. There was a, a pastor's program that was going on where they gathered pastors from all over Israel, Arabs, Jews, for a special program for leadership. And there was this plea from the women, why isn't there anything for us? Hmm. And so the vision of the leadership of the college was also to bless the women from all over the country. And that's how really the leadership program for women started. They approached us and asked us to uh, raise a program for those women to answer the needs that they had in their already very, very busy uh, ministry schedule or ministry life. Sure. So we're actually just there to come alongside them, train, encourage and see them really being loved and changed through the Word of God and through fellowship. Mm. And Lynn, maybe you can describe a little bit about what the program is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were doing this during COVID as well, so just describe the program a little bit. Sure. Well, like Cece said, our desire for these women um, was really to encourage them, not just to give them a lot of information and new tools, although that's a big, important part of what we wanted to do, But in Israel, you know, like has been said already on the stage, the congregations are very small. There's not a director of women's ministry. There's not a children's director. Usually there's not a paid worship leader. There's the pastor. Sometimes even the pastor works another job because the congregation cannot support him financially. So it falls off into the wife of the pastor to be not only the director of women's ministry, director of children's ministry, to do counseling, to do um, premarital counseling, to host everybody all the time. And these are women who are quite honestly exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so our desire, you know, out of Isaiah, it says um, that in the Lord, we should be a well-watered garden, you know, in a dry and thirsty land that we want believers to be a well-watered garden that can grow fruit. But you can't bear fruit if you yourself are sort of wilting as a, on the vine. So our prayer, as we met for several years before we started it, we just met together. We were neighbors. We shared a fence, CC and I. Um, so it's easy to meet and pray often together. So the Lord helped us design a program. It's called a Certificate of Women's Ministry. It's a combination of some theological foundational things We taught a course on women in the New Testament. What's the difference between how uh, Jesus treated women than the culture that surrounded him? 
And so that was a beautiful time. We tackled a lot of the tough theological questions about women. We come from 13 different churches, the women in our program, from a wide variety of backgrounds. So the college is excellent at taking us to the Word of God and not getting caught in our theological backgrounds, but just how do you study God's Word together and see what it says in the Word, and it it unifies that kind of approach. We also have counseling courses. We've taught a course. My favorite course is not a very cheery title. It's called Women in Pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a course we took at Western together. It's actually, there's approaching issues that a woman might encounter in life that are painful. So the death of a child, the death of a spouse, divorce, eating disorders, the suicide of a family member, all kinds of things. It started off as one course. There's so many causes of pain in life that it became two semesters. So there's women in pain one and women in pain two. So how do we walk alongside? We're not trained counselors, but we met with people who are experts in each of these areas and brought them to the women. So we didn't do all the teaching We taught some basic things, but then we brought in people who could really speak to those specific traumas. Not only experts, but people who'd already lived through them Mm. as a testimonial. You know, my child died, and so this is how God got me through that. So how can we walk alongside women, you know, in our community and our congregation? So that's kind of a taste of what we're doing. Now, that's great. Cece, did you want to share some of those aspects of the program that that were meaningful? So Lynn has shared about some of the courses we're teaching and which is just what we see is the program being as a pastor and allowing the women to come along for a particular time in their lives and enjoy a special pasture where they are fed and loved and refreshed. But one of the real highlights that we both really, really enjoy is actually the fellowship that we have together. And what happened through COVID is that we did one semester, we taught a semester, and then COVID struck. And we lost the fellowship that we had of getting together on a weekly basis. And we felt really dry, we felt saddened. And then we decided to start visiting the women in their homes and just uh, sharing or even in small groups and that what we did we traveled to the Galilee we traveled to Jerusalem we traveled all around and we met in small groups and individuals and we were able to just really hear their hearts out and have time of fellowship and incredible meals (laughs) because let me tell you the Arab women nobody else knows how to open their house and bless visitors. Yeah, so we had wonderful meals together. We had a a Christmas celebration together, and we had just prayer times where they were blessing us, and we would leave and feel really refreshed by the fellowship. So God really blessed us, and we kind of walked through COVID and through the hardships and struggles of COVID, but we felt that we gained something. And it wasn't that the program suffered, but it actually uh, created more opportunities for us. And Mm. we became wiser, I think, knowing (laughs) how to tackle difficult situations. 
That's one of the things. I, I was reading this past week some answers I had written up that Ares and Cece had asked me to fill in sort of an application. It was for a grant. And they asked the question, what are the five strengths of the Bible college? And one of them I said was um, that it's small enough and sensitive enough to be able to pivot easily and when there's opportunity and challenge. And that's what happened during COVID. We just were able to be more personal, actually, mm. and to be in people's homes. And if you know the Middle East, to come to someone's home is the best compliment you can give. Amen. Not even to invite them to your home, but to go to their home. Yes. You've honored them. So to be able to do that more and more than we ever planned was a great blessing of COVID. Yeah. Well, maybe you could describe some of the backgrounds from, you mentioned 15 women in this current program, maybe some of the backgrounds they come from, because you have both Messianic Jewish uh, believing women, sometimes wives of pastors perhaps, or, and then Arab Christian women. And that, what, what is that like? I mean, describe the, the backgrounds. Yeah, when we were wanting to invite people to participate in the program, Cece and I traveled to different parts of the country and just gathered together groups of women to explain what we were hoping and what our prayer was. And we didn't plan, you know, we want half Arabs, half Jews or anything like that. We just made the invitation open. But in the end, we had 22 students and half come from a Jewish background, half come from an Arab background, which is amazing to us. We do have six mother tongues represented in our students. Six. Of course, Hebrew and Arabic as the primary, but we have people from a Russian background. So if you can imagine, they speak Russian in their heart, but they're learning and studying from us in Hebrew and English. So they're having to be trilingual to be part of the program. But God has overcome all these things, taught us to be flexible, gracious, (laughs) prayerful, So it's been really quite beautiful to see the variety. And I'll just say one other thing. Um, I wondered, you know, on the first day of class, would all the Jewish Israelis sit on one side and all the Arab ladies Mm -hmm. sit on the other side? Because they know each other. You know, there's a lot of relationships. It's a very small country, so people know each other. But before we started the course, the program, we took them away to the Galilee on a retreat. And at that retreat for three days, many of them were meeting each other from these two sides for the first time. And the Lord often gives Cece amazing ideas, and he gave her the idea to ask, I'll try not to cry, but one of our students lost their daughter in a terrorist bombing in a bus, and she's an Israeli, um, I mean, they work in the Jewish world. And then one of our Arab students is, um, had just that week lost a beloved brother to a tragic motorcycle accident. So Cece asked them privately, would each of them be willing to share their story about what they were going through with the group? And they both agreed. And it was, you know, through that common human vulnerability of suffering that it just broke down all the walls completely. I mean, we were all crying together, hugging one another, praying together, thanking God for taking us through valleys, you know, of darkness. So by the time we got to our first class, we were a family. We were a blend. It was, nobody was divided in any way. It was beautiful. So yeah, that's what God alone can do. Wow. Amen. What a beautiful (laughs) picture of the bridge. Jesus himself is our peace, right? He is the one. Cece, you know, when you, you were from a family and many generations now of believing in Yeshua Mashiach, mm-hmm. how has your unique perspective on this been uh, part of this program uh, from the historic kind of 
viewpoint of Messianic Jews? Well, my husband would probably have a better answer than me. (laughs) I kind of flow with life, so sometimes I wake up and think, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing, or, oh, yes, that's how it happened. But but for me, uh, just the time when I was born in Israel, there were recorded 200 Messianic believers in Israel. 200. The whole country. In the whole country. Wow. The year I was born is 68, so now you all know how old I am. (laughs) It's okay. I feel great about my age. And for me to all of a sudden be serving in a capacity where we have all those women from all walks of life. And I grew up in in Haifa. I don't know. I'm a Haifa born. Someone in the crowd was saying how beautiful Haifa is. I didn't tell you, but I was born in Haifa. I was raised in Haifa. Beautiful city. And it's kind of a mixed city where Arabs and Jews and all kinds of nationalities are at. So I grew up in a congregation where we had all of those nationalities. So I felt I'm very comfortable. And we never had issues of politics or anything. We just had a lot of love and shared whatever oneness it is. So for me to just be able to be in such a blessed program where it's love, unity, and oneness, Mm. that's really my passion and heart. Mm. And I think those three words have been on my heart for the past, I don't know, half a year. I've been more and more uh, feeling the words of Christ that he has one bride, it's one body, and he sees, when he looks, he sees one church. And I think that's what we are experiencing is, is the beauty of love, oneness, and unity being expressed and lived out in reality. We don't need to build reconciliation programs. We are living out reconciliation that Christ has bought for us. And we are living it in this program and in the college and what we are doing. So this is Amen. such a blessing. Yeah. Question for you guys. The women in this program, you mentioned many of them come from very painful backgrounds. There's challenges. They're exhausted in some cases. What are some of the results that you've seen in just building this community in the class, in the course that you're going through? Well, I think that um, any person that you speak to, if we all just stopped right now and took a moment to turn to the person next to us, we all have very painful things that we've all gone through. So I don't think these women are unique in that way. Mm. But what is unique is the context that they live in, of course, and the responsibilities on their shoulders sometimes that are beyond what they can cope with. So one of the things that was a real joy for me this past semester, we'd been doing, like I said, uh, two different counseling, like basic counseling programs that we took them through. A program about your identity in Christ Mm. was very powerful. Cece and I were able to get some training in a ministry that teaches about how do we look at our identity in Christ as the central thing about us. We're not a pastor's wife, even any wife. We're not, you know, a businesswoman. We're not a mother, but we are a daughter of the living God. Amen. And our identity is because who Christ has made us. And um, we're not an Arab or a Jew. We're a believer in Jesus. And so, like Cece said, you don't have to say all those other things if you just keep the focus on Jesus. Amen. And so we've seen beautiful healing really take place. One of the things we had them do was write down 
What are some lies that you have been believing? Ask the Lord to reveal to you what are some lies that you've been believing that your identity is wrapped up in this, or if my children aren't doing well, then it's my fault. Or mm. if um, someone said something to me once that I feel was so discouraging, you know, that you're only as happy as your saddest child. Mm. And, you know, that was a lie I believed, that I was only ever going to be as joyful as my saddest child was at any given moment. And while there is a truth in that as a mother, because you have such a pain um, when your children aren't doing well, and yet you can't walk in defeat. You have to have faith. You have to see, you know, God has a purpose for me even in this pain. So that's some of the lies they saw and really got freedom from was amazing, amazing to see. Amen. That's exactly right. What a great insight and teaching. And that's so helpful that you were able to help the whole cohort kind of go through and learn something like that, their identity in Christ. You two have a unique friendship and uh, I would say partnership in this process. Where does this go from here for you guys? Where do you see the things happening in the future? I think only God knows like where this is going to end, but we definitely have a passion to continue the program We know that the ladies have told me, the Arab ladies have told me that they have decided they don't want to finish the program. They want to continue studying for many more years with us (laughs) so that we need to keep coming up with courses. (laughs) So um, it's a lot of work, though, to teach one course, as as we have uh, discovered. It's so much work, and sometimes it's just uh, very stressful. But what we do uh, see is having a bigger team that would help with carrying out like just ministry to the women and encouragement to the women. And we feel that this really, these friendships are going to impact the next generations that are coming after them because uh, we are able to see already connections between all kinds of churches that never had connections, really. Yeah. So just the fact that there were a pastor's program for the men and for the women, we feel that the oneness is being really um, at a critical time right now, also for the world to see that we love one another and that we live as brothers and sisters in uh, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How can we be praying for you guys? Well, I would ask prayer for, this is our, it was supposed to be a two-year program. Because of COVID, it turned into a three-year program. So now we're entering our final year. So um, we're just praying that in this year, uh, in particular, one of the courses we're doing is called Developing a Ministry to Women, where we want to encourage the women, okay, we've been looking at tools, looking at our own um, identity in Christ, learning some theological foundations, but what does this mean for my church, for my community? And how do I build a team? It's not all on me. How do I ask the Lord to bring women that I can disciple um, so that we can look at our congregation more fully, more prayerfully, more hopefully, and the community outside our walls? So we're just praying the Lord will make this year really, really special, that God will give these women new dreams and that we'll just see this multiplication effect begin. So, And we need a lot of strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pray for you guys now. Would you join us in prayer while we pray for this 
amazing program. Father God, thank you that in your heart there is a special place for those that are in pain and under pressure, those that have felt isolated and insulated in their communities. And we pray for the women in this program, Lord, that we thank you so much for bringing Cece and Lynn together to to bring community and encouragement and upliftment and insight and leadership and discipleship tools into these women's lives so that they can be forces for good for your kingdom in their homes and communities and churches and in in all of these things, Lord. We we want to commit their needs to you. We want to commit to you the fact that this ministry to women will grow. And we trust you, Father, for your provision, for the resources, the insight, the direction, and for the people to come and to see this program continue to grow and have an influence in this way. And we thank you for more women, Lord, who are going to become part of this program as their hearts are stirred to come alongside other women and to be encouraged and to grow and to become the leaders in the spheres that you've given them. Lord, may it be so. And may your word go out strongly for them. And may this special year ahead be one where those women not just are are taught and trained and encouraged, but are sent out in joy, that are sent out to bring healing and hope to the land of Israel, to the communities that are there. And for all of these things, Lord, we want to thank you and praise your name. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, we pray. Amen. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.